Amen. I, so please turn your Bibles to Matthew 24. Um, I'm going to be reading verses 6 to 13. Uh, I think Jamie have them saved here on the screens. If, but I would suggest that you guys mark it in your uh, Bibles too. Matthew 24, 6 to 13, it reads, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to, the pers to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now please turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 17. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away, for of this sort are for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will, will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And of them, all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue the things which you have learned and assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. I know that's a mouthful, right? We read a lot of things. I wanted to read both passages in order for us to understand and, and recognize that God knows. We are still in our series that God knows series, right? The omniscient of God. There is nothing that surprises our Lord. I know that all of us know about the Ukraine and Russia war 
and the 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 threat of having a World War Three, correct? No. <laughs> well, obviously, I didn't care. I went to Mexico. <laughs> I was thinking if nuclear hits Mexico, I'll go home right away. Um, so these are the things that worry us or concern us. And then the, the passage on 2 Timothy is what the world is right now. The winner of the NCAA swimming competition for women is actually a dude. <laughs> right? But politically, he or she has been considered a woman. To now, she, I don't even know what to call him. But Adam... <laughs> What is the winner and considered the champion of NCAA swimming competition. The truth is being moved. The lines of the truth have been blurred and gray. It's if you are not in tune with the Lord, and if you're normal, you should worry. <laughs> if you're abnormal, then nothing worries you, right? Everything's okay. And if you are normal, but you are a Christian, you should be getting peace from the Lord, which is the title of our message, Peace in the Lord. Knowing that God knows all things should give us believers, us believers, peace in any and all circumstance or difficulty that we are in. Does it help for us Christians that God knows? Yes. It should help. What is the difference between a believer and an unbeliever? The very most important difference. The most important, the most important difference is that we believers know where we're going to end up in once we die in this life. Amen? Our salvation, our eternity has been secured so whether a World War III, ha three, three, World War III happens, right, or COVID gets us and actually kills us, or we get struck by a bus and we end up dying, us believers should have peace in the Lord. Amen? Not that we are wanting war, not that we are wanting harm to ourselves, but we should at least recognize that the biggest difference from us and our, our neighbors who are not believers yet is that we are saved. And that should brew peace. So whether or not you're watching Fox or CNN or whatever, you should be getting peace from the Lord, not what you're watching. Not who the president is or the governor is. You should be getting your peace from the Lord. Again, first point, Jesus knew. Jesus knew what? Jesus knew that this is going to happen. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. We all know, I already said it, the thing that God has overcome for us is the most important thing for any human being. Where am I going to end up in when I die? Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. 
I know for us Christians, especially us here in America, life is so good, right? There's just so many things to do, so many more plans for us, for our children, for our neighbors, right? For our relatives, for our friends. Life is just so good. There's just so many things. There's in America, opportunity is 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 just there. Nobody wants to think about death, right? Yeah, I, I went to Mexico. I ended up buying a plan where I could go back there, Lord willing. <laughs> as if I'm not going to die, as if the world's not going to end. You know, I, I, I end up doing, doing that. You know, it's, but, but the, the, the biggest peace that God has guaranteed here Jesus told us, trouble will come. Wars and rumors of wars, right? Matthew 24, 6, 13. But he said, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Are you alarmed, Christian? Praise God. Atilea is not alarmed. I'm not alarmed. I'm, I'm alarmed for the Christian church in Ukraine. I'm alarmed for the Christian uh, Russian Christians, for Sister Olga and her family. And Brother Atanas and his family, I'm alarmed for them. But overall, I am not alarmed because I know God is in control. I know the topic of our series is God knows. God knows everything. So the biggest difference is God already knew that this is going to happen. And God, what did God tell us? That he has overcome it. So us Christians... If you have surrendered your life to Christ, if you have accepted Him as your Lord, you should have inner peace. Now, this is a fair warning for those of you who have not truly surrendered to Jesus as His Lord, as their Lord. You do not have inner peace. When things around you is crumbling down, when circumstances is scary, and rightfully so they are, World War III will just nuke everybody, right? You want to know how it feels to be in a microwave? <laughs> Wait till the nuclear war happens, right? It's just going to toast and fry all of us, right? Now, does that worry you? A little bit. Kind of hot, right? But then at the end of the day, I know God is in control. And God knew it. And God said, I have overcome the world. There's just so much peace there for me. Because God, number the other thing that we must always remind ourselves, or God always reminds us, is that He is a good Father. Amen? Now, it's very difficult for us, for us who have, didn't experience what a good Father is. It's very difficult for us to understand what a good Father is if we never felt that. If our earthly fathers have failed us, or us as a father have failed to be a good father, it's quite impossible for us to understand or imagine what a good father God is. But there is an, here's an illustration that I think I gave in the past. Um, on December 7, 1988, an earthquake devastated the northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. In one small town directly after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened and there was no sign of life. But he had no thought of turning back. He had often told his son, no matter what, 
I will always be there for you when you need me. Though the prospects appeared hopeless, he began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other forlorn parents only wailed hopelessly, My son, my daughter! Some told the father to go home. There was no chance that any of the students could be alive. To which this loving father replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him anytime he needed me. I must continue to dig. Courageously, he proceeded alone. No one volunteered to help him. He simply had to know for himself, is my boy alive or is he dead? With strength and endurance beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig for 8, 12, 24, 36. Then in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. And then he screamed, Armand, Armand. A child's voice responded, Dad, it's me. Then I told the other kids to not worry. I told them that you were alive and you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you would always be there for me. You did it, Dad. Moments later, the dad was helping his son Armand and 13 other frightened, hungry, thirsty boys and girls climb out of the debris. Free at last. When the building collapsed, these children have been spared in a tent-like pocket. The father lovingly carried his son home to his mother, where he has given the care he needed. The townspeople praised Armand's father. His explanation was this, simply as this. I promise my son, no matter what, I'll be there for you. Now, do we realize that God, our father, made that same promise to us? Constantly promises that to us. When you need me, I'll be there for you. Do we know that? Now, for me, that takes, that grips my heart so much. I love this story. The first time I heard this, this story, I never forgotten it. This kind of love I've never felt. And this is the love that God has told us. Threats of wars, I'm there for you. Death in the family, death of a loved one, I'm there for you. Financial crumbling, I'm there for you. Situational, relational problems, I'm there for you. That's what God says, right? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now here's another verse that maybe I'm hoping that will give you peace when troubles hit. In Isaiah 26.3, it reads, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's Isaiah 26.3. With all the trouble, from with all the trouble that surrounds us, where do you get your peace from? When, when, when trouble comes your way, who do you draw your peace from? And where? I hope that you know that God is always saying that you are, we are to come to Him. Right? He said, come to me, all of you are weary and tired. And I will give you rest. Are you tired? Come to Jesus. <clears throat> Second point. Since He knows, trust Him. Now, I thought this saying that it's not what you know, it's who you know. 
I thought that only happened in the Philippines and in the Philippine culture. But that's actually not true. <laughs> it's actually a universal law. It also happens here in America, right? You look at all the dealerships in town, who's the new CEO or general manager? It's the same last name as the dealership, right? You see all the companies, nepotism is right there. And if you need special treatment in a hotel, if you know the Caranos, I'm pretty sure you'll get very good treatment at the El Dorado or any other hotel and resorts that they own, correct? If you know the last name or if you carry the last name, the correct last name, you will be treated like royalty. So is it what you know or is it who you know? It's who we know. It's who we know. Now, who, us, Christians, who do we know? We know Jesus. We know Jesus. Now, this is not about name it, claim it, prosperity, preaching gospel. But we have to know that Jesus, the God of the universe, is our God. Listen to this. Um, if you guys did your daily bread um, reading today, this is part of the today's scripture. The author says here, uh, they were talking about the creative power of the Lord. And he says here, um, on days five and six, God created the living creatures, birds, fish, land animals, and humankind to inhabit the three realms of the earth. Scientists have estimated that our natural world contains some 8.7 million species. Can you even count a million? 8.7 million species, out of which only 1.6 million, which is 20%, have been officially identified. Now the phrase, and God said, dominates the creation account, pointing to our creative and powerful God, who literally spoke these mind-boggling natural diversities into existence. God created everything just by saying it. Now, realizing God's power, is that the person that you really want to doubt? When, when trouble is in your, in your life, is that a person, God, is that the kind of person, oh, I don't know if you really can do this for me, Lord. You know, God can do all things. The, the, the question is, what does he want for us at that moment? Correct? Because we know the account of Job, right? Job was sinless. He was walking with the Lord ever so closely. But Job, Job went through trouble in his life. Job didn't know the ending of his life. Job only knew the trouble that came to him. We know what happened at the end because we were able to read it. He was going through it. Now, it's quite different, right? We know what's written down in the Word, but it's different when we're experiencing trouble. Correct? We know that all storms end, but when we're in the middle of the storm, we don't know when it's going to end, and we can't wait for it to end. But we have to understand that since God knows, we need to trust Him. We need to trust Him. So listen to this. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
Now, the difficulty is that we cannot see what God sees. And even though we're seeing the same thing as God is seeing, we don't know, we cannot see how He sees. And even if we try to understand what's written down in the Word, we try to dig it up, try to really go down to the Hebrew, the Greek, and all that stuff, and the biblical background and everything, we really cannot understand the vastness of His wisdom. But we are told one thing. We have to trust Him. We have to trust Him. We have to trust that He knows. And then when He knows, He knows better than us. My ways are not your ways. How can that be? For a person that was born a Catholic, how can this be? Right? Me as a as a Filipino born in a Catholic family in a culture that says you have to earn it to go to heaven. And then I meet a Christian that says, you don't have to do anything. You just have to believe in what Jesus has done. How can that be? Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. When we're facing trouble, how can we say God is good? Because he is. No matter what situation we're in, God remains good. It doesn't matter what we feel or how we feel, whether we're happy or not. God still remains good. Because His goodness doesn't rely on us, on our judgment. But you know, sadly, most of the time, we live our lives as if it it depends on us. Lord, you are not good if you don't do this request, if you don't give this request of mine. Right? Right? We don't say that because we know it's wrong, but we live it that way. Now, Romans 8.28, if we read Romans 8.28, I know us, I use this, I recite this all the time. Even Pastor Drew, it started with Pastor Drew, that's, that's the reason why. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Do we really know it? That God remains good even if we don't feel like it. That God remains good even though our circumstances are not playing the way we planned it. That God remains good even though in the trouble in the middle of trouble. That God remains good. That this trouble will become a blessing. Whether it's for us or the people that will know about our story, the struggles that we went through. And then you partner that with Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because you know why? We want, to, we want it to make sense. It's just logical, really. For us people, we want it to make sense. When things are not going our way on how we expected it to be, we want it. We want an explanation from God. When our marriage is failing, when our career is not, is not going the way we planned it, when we're, our relationships are, 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 are in trouble, we want God to explain it to us like, Lord, this is not how I prayed about this. But we have to understand that, that we have to trust Him with all our heart, with all our life. 
Does it make sense when God says give and it will be given back to you? <laughs> when it comes to tithes, right? God says give to me, test me on this. The logical thinking is if I give it, I lose it. Correct? I give you $10, I lost $10. If I keep $10, didn't lose anything. But God is saying give it to me and I will return it to you. But see, the first error of a Christian that wants the return is you're giving because of the return. The first error of a Christian obeying a command is because you want the blessing. That's the first problem. I'll go to church because I want blessings from God. I will give my tithes because I want blessings from God. I will pray because I want blessings from God. That's your first mistake. It has to be that we trust God. And with our trust in Him, we say, He says, He knows, and I trust that He knows better than me, that if I give this, He will give back to me. Now, does it necessarily mean giving tithes, giving our tithes, does it necessarily mean a, a money monetarily? I would say, in my experience, yes, but that's secondary. The first important lesson in tithing, in obedience in tithing, is that you are not held you are not held as a slave by money and then money doesn't become your god because whether we like it or not whether we admit it or not we have treated money as a god because money gets us things money gets us to places money secures the future money helps us when there's trouble so money has become an alternative god so tithing tells us, let go of that idol, and I will show you that I am a bigger God than that idol. It's the same thing with everything. You're lusting, there's a sin, a relationship that you're not giving out, and God is saying, give it up, and you will be happier with me. That's, that's obedience, not blessing. Stop your sin so I can bless you. The blessing is obeying God. Now, when things are not going well, it's quite hard, it's quite difficult to trust God. We have to really argue with our minds to tell our hearts that we can trust God despite the trouble around us. Now, there's this story, not story, but there's, this, is, this is an account when, when, for people who go scuba diving here or have gone scuba diving. Um, there are times when scuba divers get, um, not lost, but they, they lose their sense of direction. Because when they go very deep in the water, it's like space. You don't know what's up and down. You don't know what's You'll know what left and right is, but you don't know if you're going down or we're going up. You don't know where it is. But you are reminded and told by your instructor, in order for you to know where up is, you have to follow where the bubble goes. Because when you get disoriented, that's the word I was looking for. Sometimes when you're diving, which I probably won't ever do, <laughs> um, you get disoriented. But in order for you to know where up is, you have to follow the bubble. You know, 
That's the same thing. When, when trouble comes our way, we get disoriented. Our emotions get the best of us, you know, because it's painful. When we're sick, we're in pain. When our loved one is sick, we're worried. We're, we're, we're hurting with them, right? Whether it's our friend, our neighbor, our church, church family, or us, it's painful. And, and we, we get lost. We get lost in the emotions. But we have to go up, not the bubble, but look up. Because God is saying, trust me, I'm still in control. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. That's what happened to Job, uh, Joseph the dreamer. Joseph the dreamer never stopped trusting God. That's what happened with the disciples after Jesus resurrected, right? And then, and then, and then, they they before before the resurrection, there were, you know, a bunch of uh, scared people. And then when they finally knew that God, Jesus is really God, they gave their life for him. Now us, we know about these things. Jesus is as real to us as Jesus is as real to the disciples. So we have to always remind ourselves. That's why in 2 Timothy, you know the doctrine. You know the scriptures. We have to go back to it. When our hearts are failing, our minds should tell us, know the scripture, trust God. He is in control. Amen? Um, this is 2 Timothy. Next slide, please. So here, here it is right here. Um, you have carefully followed my doctrine. See, we have, and when trouble comes, when the world seems to be going down, going down the drain, everybody's doing the, what, the, what, what hell is supposed to be. Man are becoming women, 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 right? And men becoming vice versa. I'm confused myself right now. <laughs> but we have to follow the doctrine based on the Bible. You must, verse 14, but you must continue the things that you have learned and, be and have been assured, knowing from wh whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for righteousness. See, there's no way that we cannot make it without the instructions in the Bible. And our prayer life for tonight, this is a prayer service, our prayer life, Christians, should be more intimate than anyone else's prayer because we know that God is true and God, God, is, God is there waiting for us to pray to him and then we can trust him that he has the power to respond to any and all of our requests. And if we are losing our peace because we are doubting God, that's why worry is a sin. When we're worrying, we're sinning. Because what did God say? Trust in me. So hopefully, church, as we continue in this series, we will understand that as God, as we understand, as we get reminded over and over again, there's two more weeks, 
that God knows all things. That God knows the trouble that would come our way even before it came. But God knows the end of it. Him knowing should make us trust to trust Him. And as we know that we can trust Him, that He knows what He's doing, it should give us inner peace. Because peace you cannot buy. Amen? You can numb yourself by alcohol. You can try to forget what's going on by watching a movie, right? Like an ostrich seeing trouble, they'll dig a hole and stick their head there, waiting for the prayer to go away. Yeah, you can act that way. Temporarily, it could relieve you from it. But the danger doesn't, and the trouble doesn't go away. But with Jesus, we have inner peace. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight to continue to trust you because you know all things. To continue to trust you because you are powerful. And more importantly, Lord God, to continue to trust you because you love us, because you are a loving Father. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have forgotten you, doubted you, did it our way instead of your way. Forgive us, Lord God, for our shortcomings. Forgive us, Lord God, for not obeying you, for the simple actions that you want us to take. Forgive us, Lord, for always seeing, Father, that our way is better than yours. Help us, Lord God, to trust you. Give us that faith, Lord God, that, that, that is never shaken, Lord. Help us to develop a heart that is constantly trusting in you. We love you, Lord. In